life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your chief lounge lizard and your host for this episode of the show. Today we're going to be talking about women in gaming and how women are portrayed in the video game industry. <laughs> Thankfully, we've had a lot of controversy to hang this show on. <laughs> so joining me today is actually, we've got a full crew in the lounge today. We've had to bring in extra little chairs for, <laughs> for people. Uh, we have Marie, William, Neil, Nate has rejoined us. Nate, welcome back Thanks. to the lounge. <laughs> uh, Shella is here since Shella got the whole controversy uh, going. And uh, we have uh, Aaliyah, our cartoonist, I believe. Aaliyah, is this your first time visiting us in the lounge? Yep. All right. Well, welcome. We're we're really happy to have you. And uh, I know that you have devoted the last uh, couple months of the uh, Gin Sunday cartoon to this issue. So we're we're happy to hear your your uh, perspective on things. Not that we don't know it from reading the cartoon every week, which is which is awesome, by the way. Thank you. So so Shella. Um, why don't we start with you? Why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background? I mean, I think. You know, we're inside the game industry, so we kind of collect all this stuff and we sort of live it and breathe it. But even somebody on the outside of the industry probably picked up <laughs> here and there. But things – they probably don't know the whole story. But basically what's what's happened was that there's been a bunch of little events that has really called the, the whole issue of how women are portrayed in the gaming industry uh, into focus, yeah. right? Um, well, I think it started sort of chronologically speaking. It started with the Hitman Absolution – trailer um that was when we had our favorite agent 47 sort of sadomasochically killing the uh yeah, the nuns. Fe- nuns in fetish gear <laughs> which is which is really bad gear for a team of yeah. hitmen i just got <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah there was there was lots of outrage i think even the uh the mainstream press picked up on this one it wasn't that hard. No. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of slow motion killing of slutty nuns <laughs> or implied slutty nuns. Um, so that was the first thing. And we all kind of was like, oh, God, here we go and shook our heads. And then it was literally about a week later, um, the Lara Croft rape controversy hit the headlines Um I think I can't remember who broke the story, but somebody, um, the game producer, was interviewed. It was Kotaku, and um, he um, he was talking about the trailer that we saw at E3 and how you know Lara's being put through the ringer in this game, and um, you know she, things go so badly for her that um, they try to rape her. And, um, yeah, there was all sorts of um, things that he said that really riled people. You know, he was saying things like, um, you know, uh, male gamers find it hard to identify with her. And so the, really they they want to protect her. So, you know, we're kind of um, breaking down her tough expedia and all this kind of um lame stuff so um yeah so there was... because it's re- it, 
it, it's like impossible to enjoy a Tomb Raider game unless your main character's getting yeah, raped, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just the fact that you know Lara, one of the strongest, most independent female game characters, and now you know she's reduced to a rape victim. So there was another um, bit of a storm over that one, and then. <laughs> After those came the um, the Kickstarter project from Anita Sarkeesian, and it was um, it's a woman. She is a media commentator, and she takes things from a feminist point of view. And her Kickstarter project was. Um, to create a, I think it's like a documentary she wants to do or a series of documentaries called Women versus Tropes and Video Games. And, um, she got real, uh, vile, um, attacks online. Um, I think they hacked her Wikipedia page and covered it with, um, really graphic porn. Um, you know, she was just hounded all over the internet and, you know, people threatening to rape her. Um, somebody made a video game, um, that had a picture of Anita Sarkeesian and you could slap her. If you clicked the picture, you could slap her face and eventually her face became, um, disfigured with, um, bruising and swollen lips and, yeah. Jeez, I didn't even. I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. Now she, now she's a feminist, and she's commented on issues. I mean, this isn't her first issue. Has she, she? Do you know? Did she ever receive this kind of hatred before on any I other issue? So, that she, she just she she comments on pop culture, or you know, um, mm-hmm. so it can be films, TV, anything, and video games, and just I. I don't know who these people are. I don't know if they're gamers or which would be really worrying and sad if they were. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she just got hideous amounts of abuse. And, you know, bravely, she left it all up there for people to see, you know, these cowardly, awful people, you know, what they'd written. Um, and then. Yeah, and then there were a couple of other small things. Um, there was a, a black woman who, I think she's a TV star or something, and she was a presenter at uh, Ubisoft's E3 conference. And she became a victim of online abuse, um, sexism and racism as well, just thrown into the mix, accusing her of not being a gamer because she's a woman. Um, so she uh, spoke back at them on Facebook, you know, rebuffed them um, <laughs> with, you know, lots of tales of her, her gaming since she was about nine years old or something. Um, yeah, so there's just a sort of sad pattern <laughs> that we've seen. Well, well Shell, let, let, I was just saying, let me bring it back locally for a minute because you wrote an excellent column about um, about this issue, and I thought it was very well thought out. And then you started to get a little bit of hatred when, um, from from the the crowd over at the Google Plus site, right? Yeah, it wasn't Google Plus; it was LinkedIn. Um, oh, LinkedIn! Oh, yeah, wow. Okay, the professionals a group were mad at you. on there, and it's an industry group. So these people are professionals working in the video games industry, and um, most of the people that comment, I posted the column up on there, and it got you know a really good. Uh, dialogue going on between um, other industry uh, professionals and there was it was mostly men and some of the views were 
kind of worrying. <laughs> um, they just, yeah, and it became kind of a bit of a bullying kind of um, atmosphere. Uh, there was me and another woman that were trying to you have a dialogue with them, but it just became kind of, um, yeah, we just became bullied by whatever we said. We kind of, uh, yeah, so it wasn't very nice. And those are people wow. that work in the industry. So, you know, these aren't 14 year old, you know, flamers or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, there are not too many 14-year-olds with LinkedIn accounts, I don't right. think. I mean, <laughs> you can go and see, you know, what, who they work for, where they work. You know, they're, they work in the industry, but they've got some worrying attitudes to, um, to how women are portrayed in games. Wow, that's that's crazy. I had no idea. I'm sorry that you were exposed to that, but uh, uh, I thought you wrote a really good column. And and so anybody who uh, um, wants to who's listening and wants to read Shella's excellent column, just go to the homepage gameindustry.com, click on the Eurofile tab, and uh, you can find it. It's uh, one of her uh, most recent ones. Will come up right there on the homepage for you. Um, so anyway, so there's kind of the background of all the crazy craziness that's been happening. Now um, I'm also proud to say that uh, our uh, cartoonist Aaliyah and uh, and Nate, uh, our publisher, actually picked up the issue and uh, was doing some support uh, for it. Um, so, well, let me, let me uh, first off, Nate and Aaliyah, the way that you guys do the cartoon, because people don't know this, is Nate, you actually write the scripts for the cartoon, and then Aaliyah does the uh, the, 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 um, the artwork, uh, right? Generally, though, I'd say there's, there's some back and forth. Yeah, if Aaliyah doesn't think I'm writing something worth writing, she's... Uh, well, Leah, I wouldn't say you're shy about telling me. Well, I'm shy about telling you, but I changed it anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, there have been times I've been surprised at what's come out. Um, well, so, well, you guys, uh, so both of you, I guess, felt really strongly about this. So, Nate, what, do, what is your take on the whole controversy? You're, you kind of do the, um, the whole, you know, you, the business take of things. I mean, first off, it's just stupid from a business perspective. Well, isn't I, it? I will say, I mean, Shella summed up the entire width and breadth of it. I had actually read it before her column ran, I think in Kotaku, or maybe I got a link from, from someplace, but, uh, and it really cheesed me off. So I had written the first script before, uh, before her column ran and then said, basically told her heads up because I'm going to run with this for a while. And, John, you know that I've been slamming people for ages about sexism in the industry, right? Well, when Shella was talking about the, the, the nuns being killed by um, by Hitman, I was I remembered the controversy where at the uh, E3 um, God Games was having the stripping boxing nuns, and you wrote the column about it, and we got banned from God yes. Games. <laughs> well, you Smitty did. never did forgive us. I I still had a VIP pass, but Nate Woolley was not allowed inside the God Games ex, complex. Ex, you know, I did that. I, it was like five thousand words because I got so cheesed off on it. And I interviewed <laughs> I interviewed some of the the you know the the girls who you know posed the models in the booths, and I really I mean I turned E3 into a place where a journalist can operate, and I won't apologize for that. And then I mean I got responses like you must be a fag. And I still occasionally get emails based on that, and it's been, what, 10 years or something. So when, when I hear about, you know, that this is going, it's, it's not outrage that makes me go, by God, we must stamp this out. It's more a world-weary, here we go again. And I wish, I mean, this is me being utopian, making games and jokes about rape, that's just creepy. You know, I'm a, I'm, I mean, even beyond when I wrote that all those years ago, I'm the father of two girls right now, one of who's, you know, 12 to 13, 
all this guy deserves who is producing the, the Tomb Raider game. I mean, he deserves a good swift kick in the balls and a little education. <laughs> in that order. Well, uh, the, the kick might well be a part of education, really. But I'm not trying to make a light of this. But we spent two months, I think, doing this cartoon, Aaliyah and I. And I tried to bring in – I mean, who did we bring in, Aaliyah? We brought in Ms. Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. We brought Cortana. in – and Cortana, just to show that there is, there can be positive portrayals of women. And I'm not even offering the, the statement that Laura Croft is necessarily a hugely positive portrayal of, of women. She's a very strong woman, but she's a little prone to solving problems with violence. But I'd rather take that than somebody who is just arm candy or an object to be acquired. Or God help us, nuns in stripper gear or whatever it is. <laughs> right. Well, there should, there should be a happy medium you think, somewhere. You think it would be hard to sneak up on people with all the squeak squeaking of the leather? <laughs> they must have been well oiled. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I was wondering if the fishnets might have been bulletproof, but probably probably not. <laughs> you can only shoot small caliber bullets in between the fishnet uh, netting. Um, Aaliyah, so what I heard from Nate was that you you pretty much took this and ran with it. So, and, and you're somebody who – um, you know, you're, you're, you're self-admittedly fairly shy, fairly quiet. So, well, first off, thanks for coming into the lounge today. But, but secondly, this was something that, uh, that really, I mean, what, what about this whole controversy got you to the point where you said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take ownership of this and I'm really going to, you know, sort of make Nate take a back seat to the way the cartoon is going to be. Well, it started more of a long time ago, not just this recent stuff, but back when they did mm-hmm. Other M for the Metroid series. Samus okay. used to be my most favorite character in all existence, and then they turned her into like a whiny twelve-year-old girl, <laughs> and that ticked me off to the point where I was like, "Why do I even bother playing any games ever if this is what they're going to do to every character I like?" Wow, you know, I had no, I, you know, I had no idea. You really put it in perspective because, I mean, me being a guy, I guess, and we'll get to William and Neil's uh, also guy perspective, but you know, me being a guy, I, you know, I don't. I mean, I've never really experienced that, you know? I've never really had, like, a character that I really liked who suddenly became, I don't know, something that I didn't like and then saw it as an attack on maildom, you know? But I can definitely see see your point. And I remember Todd writing a column about how he hated that mm. move, too. It was just really, really frustrating because I was looking forward to playing this game. It looked like it would be good until I read reviews and saw all these videos about what happened to Samus, and I was like, so I shouldn't waste my money then. I shouldn't even waste my time. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, then, and then, so when you saw all this with the um, with the controversy that was going on, um, then I guess just, just re- reawaken those old feelings. Pretty much. It just reaffirmed my whole why bother buying video games if they're all going to turn out to be crap like this. Wow. Wow. That's pretty cool. And I really like the um, I really like the cartoon. Are we are we pretty much at the end of that story yeah. arc then? I mean, we're getting pre- pretty close. I mean. Unless they're going to kill, um, you know, Jordan off or something. I think, I think you're going to have to do something else, I guess. I think we're pretty much at the end of it. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Aaliyah. That was actually really informative. I, I really had no idea that, that you would feel that way. But, I mean, I, I could definitely see it. Um, You know, I'm sitting here. I mean, I'm, there's, I want to get William and Neil's perspective on this. Cause I'm sitting here as a guy, and I'm like, 
I really feel for what Aaliyah said, and I really uh, agree with her and stuff, but I've never experienced anything like that. I mean, I'm sitting here like it's almost like an eye-opener. I'm I'm shocked. My mouth is agape <laughs> at this. I mean, have, have either of you – I mean, William, you have Bill, Billy, have you thought of – has that ever occurred to you before? Never with – a male hero does that occur? That's just how it works in the game industry. For you know, for obvious reasons, the designers are all males. You don't make a male male look weak. I'm not saying it's right, but it's what they do right now. I had the same feeling with Samus. I was a huge fan of the Metroid series, and I was I was so hyped for Other M. And I remember it was around the time I came to Gen that game came out. And I remember reading Todd's editorial, and I was like, what? This guy doesn't know what he's talking about. This game's going to be great. And then after a little bit more research, I was I was kind of like, I'm never going to have to bring up that I thought Todd was wrong at Jen because that won't fly. But, but yeah, I mean, I've got the same feelings on it. I think that with the Laura Croft thing, the fact that they tried to portray the rape scene as a way to make her more vulnerable and to make men protect her – I think that was a huge mistake. A rape scene as a story point for something to overcome and strengthen a character I don't think would have been as much of a problem. But the fact that they tried to downplay her strength because they wanted men to feel protective of her was really where an issue came up in my opinion. Well, it's kind of stupid. It's a kind of stupid theory because you're playing Laura Croft. So, I, I mean, it'd be one thing if you, you know, if, if you were playing a character like, for example, like, like Mass Effect 3 and you see, like, the little kid getting beat up by the Reapers or whatever and you want to run in and protect him. I mean, that's different than you're getting beat up and you need to protect yourself. You, you see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It was kind of weird. Um, I don't even know why they would, why they would bring that, bring that up. Neil, Neil, what about you? You've been, is it, 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 are you feeling like me and William? Are you just, like, confused about the whole thing or, or or do you um, do you kind of understand where they're coming from, or what's your thoughts? Well, I I definitely understand where they're coming from, uh, and what Shella and Aaliyah said both are true, and I think it's wrong. But one of my main confusions actually stems from some local gamers, where they'll bring up one or two games where they say that the female character was made to look weak, in the wake of ga- of the Final Fantasy XIII series, which has one of the, probably the most uh, gung-ho women protagonists I've ever seen. Um, We're talking light, right, lightning, right? And you have uh, Blades of Time, in which the chick you use in there, I mean, Roll doesn't need to be protected. I mean, for the love of God, she's carrying a chain gun and two swords. Uh, <laughs> and games like the older game, uh, Wet, which was a another one about a, a chick with a sword and was a gunslinger. So I, I guess I'm a little bit aggravated with not the issue itself, because there is an issue and it does need to be fixed, but just how blown out of proportion some people make it and how limited of a scope they have. But, like, Shella and Aaliyah are actually on really good points, and what they did to Laura Croft is wrong. I love the Tomb Raider games. The Tomb Raider is actually one of my favorite series of all time. I really, really disagree with what they did, and I wish I could just smack whoever did, whoever decided to make that rape scene. So it's sort of like, from your point of view, it's sort of like, yeah, the, what what's wrong is is there, but there's also, you know, some examples, uh, or probably more examples of, of strong female characters. I mean, with with the the Blades of Time girl and so forth. Marie, you you, uh, I, what what do you think? I mean, you're, I I don't know. I kind of I kind of see you as as a more serious gamer. I mean, uh, so I'm I'm really anxious to hear your take on things. Well, I think that Neil brings up a good point in that all games are not the same. 
And it's, I don't think, fair to paint an industry that has, you know, hundreds and hundreds of players um, creating games of all different types um, to say that across the board they're all anti-women. I think what's frustrating as a woman is that it's often some of the biggest titles, um, hmm. particularly American titles, um, hmm. that fall prey to this. First of all, classifying all men as this kind of Neanderthal opinion, which, you know, maybe I'm just lucky and most of the men I know are, you know, enlightened and, and not idiots. But I don't know a lot of guys who think that, you know, including a rape scene of Lara Croft is going to make her, you know, somehow more appealing to them. Um, and I don't know why the person who who thought of that thought that that needed to happen. I think it probably says more about that person's limited psychology than it does about men in general. Um, and, you know, maybe that's just because I have, you know, only so much experience. I've only met the men I've met and maybe the rest of the world has men full of monsters. I don't know. But, um, you know, I think Neil makes a good point in the sense that there are, all of these games produced by all of these companies, and some of them are very conscious, not just of tropes that females fall into, but also tropes that males fall into. I mean, I think we've had conversations before that it's it's not just stereotyping of women, it's stereotyping of men. And wouldn't it be nice to have some different kinds of stories? And if hmm. we didn't see the same type of story over and over again, or if we could see female characters that were strong, but not mimics of male. I mean, you can be a strong female and not masculine. And I think a lot of people who write video games don't seem to be aware that there is a way to be strong and feminine. And so hmm. you don't have to have sense. the giant gun and the huge sword to be a strong female character. That is more subtle, and it requires better storytelling but don't ultimately we all want that out of our games anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm reminded Shell always talks about – you talk about stereotyping. Shell, you always talk about, you know, another Marine <laughs> with the gun running around. I mean, I mean, so I guess I guess males can be stereotyped too, but we, we just sort of get the stereotype of we're, we're the tough guy running around with the gun. Maybe we don't care because, you know, all guys kind of want to see themselves. <laughs> that is the issue. But also I think that – Gaming, if it does not expand beyond the stereotypes, it limits itself to how many people are going to play and how how broad its spectrum can be. I think that's why casual games have become so popular. A lot of women play casual games. Um, some of it has to do with the fact that you can play them in shorter amounts of time, except for longer-term games can now also be played in shorter amount of times due to being able to pause in the middle of a, of a storyline. It's not like back in the day where, oh, God, if I don't finish this level, I lose everything. That's gone. <laughs> so, you know, why haven't women moved into the more hardcore game? Well, is it because the storylines are so stilted? Is the reason that a lot of men stop playing after a while because they're tired of playing the same game over and over and over again, you know, with a different skin on it? And so, really, what it what the question is, is why... Why are these problems still so pervasive? And, you know, part of the reason that a lot of us as hardcore gamers have started to move into the more independent, smaller companies is because they're the ones creating interesting storylines. 
Yeah, I know, B- Billy. You're you you always uh, and and I, I commend you for this. You're always talking about you always try to shine a light through your time waster, but also through some of the reviews you're doing, the, the more independent stuff. And I think you would agree. Um, and Neil, you too, actually, from reading from your, your stuff, I think you'd both agree that maybe the independent studios is where the where the innovation is happening, and where we're least least likely to see this kind of foolishness that for some reason crops into the triple a titles yeah the independent studios are really where there's a lot of creativity at because they're not creating you know multi-million dollar games so they don't have to worry about huge losses so they can really kind of stretch out and do their own thing though i mean you still do run into and it's something i hate seeing indie developers who are learning to do things based off what they see the bigger developers do and then they make some, of the, same some of the same mistakes. And I, I hope, hope the industry, the indie industry, moves away from that. Right, Neil. What about you? Would you, would you agree to that? Absolutely, or? I uh, agree with Billy 110. percent uh, A lot of the indie storytellers, a lot of the smaller market storytellers, or even uh, like Konami, who used to be really big but since kind of got out of limelight, they, they seem to avoid those stereotypes that Marie, Marie mentioned more, because. Uh, even as a man, I get tired of always seeing that one guy who always likes to just try punching things with his fist instead of using his brains. So, <laughs> right. Well, it's I... one of those things where Billy's just – he he's dead on uh, is that maybe the big game companies should learn from the smaller ones instead of vice versa. Right. Well, let me – I want to throw it back to Aaliyah for a second because uh, Marie said something that I want to get Aaliyah's opinion on. And then I want to um, ask uh, Nate and Shella. Uh, we'll, we'll start our, our final questions uh, with Nate and Shella. But Aaliyah, uh, Marie was saying about how the um, – you know why do why do female gamers you know stop stop playing games and, and I was just curious did did what happen with the the Metroid game did did you stop playing then or did you eventually go back or what was what was your experience with well, that? Well, it turned me away from the big titles is what that did, and it made me lose faith in a lot of the big games. What I've been looking to now basically are things like Skyrim, just things where I can do my own kind of stuff or <laughs> online games. Like I've been playing. A crap ton of Vindictus, and Billy got Guild Wars 2 here recently. I've been playing that. All these games where there's not the stereotypes, where there's a big story I can explore, because all games are basically becoming this pipeline of everything's the same, it's all linear, and there's no difference, and it's easy and stupid, and like even you had my rant about the latest Legend of Zelda game. So mm-hmm. even now, if I see a new Legend of Zelda game coming out, I'm not going to be excited for it because the game industry is falling apart. Wow. Wow. Tough, 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 uh, tough words. Shella, what, what about you? You started you started the whole thing. What, what do you think? Do you think that is is the indie the game studios, are they are they going to be able to save us or, or, or what? <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, I suppose out of the um, – I mean, Sony's doing some interesting stuff. They've still got some – because they have little in-house studios, I guess they buy up little independent or nurture independent studios, and they've got some really interesting stuff coming out. And you know, they have games like um, Journey and Dust and things um, uh, coming out on the PlayStation. So there's some hope there, but um, I think I don't know who said it earlier, but it tends to be 
uh, I think it was Marie, um, that, you know, it tends to be American games or Western games that have more of this, more of this problem, which, you know, is maybe why Sony being Japanese has, is still got, you know, uh, they're, they're still mining those interesting games, um, that are out there and, you know, don't really get the limelight, which is a, which is a shame because, we've got just such a, a narrow perspective you know it's like um resident evil when all you've got is a torch and that's all you can yeah. see is what's in your torch light that's what the games industry is like at the moment we're telling about <laughs> one story <laughs> wow that's 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 deep i'm i'm just gonna have to sit and meditate <laughs> on that one that's that's great uh, that's the first like Big um, philosophical point, I think, that was ever made using Resident <laughs> Evil as a backdrop. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so, so my my fi- my final question, and Nate, I'm gonna let you go first um, with it. Um, is um, uh, so so we've had these these recent controversies, and then you know we've we've had you know through our discussion, we sort of pointed towards the indie developers. Maybe they will sort of lead the way, or maybe non-Western companies you know that will will lead the way and give us something other than another halo or whatever but but nate do you do you think that uh, and i mean we're discussing it here at at gameindustry.com but i think that the industry is also discussing you know what happened at least i mean you know it's it's more than just okay how do we do damage control i think they're seriously talking about you know is there really a problem here do you do you think that this is gonna this is gonna change anything and do you think that the industry needs to change something if if they're going to continue to to be successful um, from a business perspective. Well, I mean, they can be successful being as sexist as they want. I mean, I think we've clearly established that. And and you know, I'm I'm sorry for it, but it's not just games. You look at movies, you look at anything. Here's a challenge for you, for everybody. Okay. 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 Think of movies. Okay. Think of movies with two female characters. Now think of conversations those characters have, the two females, that are not about one of the men in the movies. And stop hmm. going to movies that don't pass that test and see how many movies you get to go to. I mean, oh, okay. the, the fact is, yes, they're going to be sexist. And that's because in the end, you know, 50% of boys stay boys when they grow up. And you don't see a lot of 45-year-old coders because they burn out when they're in their 20s. So what we have is an industry about 15-year-old boys programmed by arrested development 25-year-old boys. I don't know where you go from there. You can have more women making games and writing games, but there's an enormous uphill battle there. But I don't see what we can do. And as for trusting non-Western game companies or indie game companies, I think you'll see the same proportions, but you get a better ability with an independent uh, firm to break through it. For one thing, gaming like movies is inherently conservative. If you're going to spend $200 million producing something, you're going to appeal to the lowest common denominator because you you (laughs) have to get your investment back. You have to because if you don't, you're done. That's all there is to it. I mean, Disney survived John Carter. But that's that's because they're Disney. Suppose some smaller studio had done that and lost a quarter billion dollars. They wouldn't be there. Yeah, that would be that would be the end of that. Suppose Rockstar had done Grand Theft Auto, right? And it had died. Would they still be here? Or would all those guys who run Rockstar be working for somebody else and saying yes or no, sir, three bags full, sir? Right, right. No, I I, you've got. I want to see more independent 
game companies, but I want to see that because as I've complained about on in these podcasts before, and just like everybody else had said, we see the same four stories or we say the same uh, lack of story and basic, uh, you know, gameplay because it's safe and conservative. You know, and frankly, like the others have said, y'all boring me. Well, you know, it, 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 I mean, I'm not going to say this as elegant, eloquently as uh, Shella did with their Resident Evil thing, but I mean, to me, your arguments, it kind of almost sounds like the whole argument against drugs and the drug war. It's like, you know, if, if everyone would just stop using drugs and drugs weren't popular, we could end uh, addiction and everything else in this, in this world. But the fact is that if you are sexist and you do put out a sexist game, it's going to, there's a good chance that it's going to sell a lot of money and you're going to make a lot of money. I mean, so, you win this you know. thing. The way you win any popular front movement, one person at a time. You can't raise every gamer's consciousness, every gamer's sensitivity right. to the issue all at once. But every time one of these things pop up, if we start screaming about it and other people start screaming about it, you know, that's five more people who won't do it when they're when their choice comes to them. That's one that's right. one yeah. more woman who won't think I'm not gonna play games because they're just a bunch of jerks. You know, right? No, it I makes sense. I don't want makes to sense. see women put in the position that Aaliyah laid out here, saying, "I don't want to play this game anymore." Yeah, that's that's a that's a really sad uh, position all around. Um, Marie, Marie, what do you think? Um, we'll let you. Uh, would you do you think anything is going to change, or do you think it can change? Well, I'm a little more optimistic than Nate, but only marginally. <laughs> well, really? <laughs> <What else? laughs> well, no, I look. We have a lot of independent movies that are made every year, and a lot of them are delightful, and they're enjoyable, and they're different stories, and people go to see them. You know, are they blockbusters? Do they appeal, you know, to the masses? No, not always. Sometimes you get a sleeper hit. Independent movies raise the level of the mass market movies, just like independent games will raise the level of mass market games. So you get – because what happens is you get a successful independent game company like PopCap, and what happens? They get absorbed by a larger game company. Okay, <laughs> EA buys them. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and that's how EA becomes better because it buys PopCap. Mm. Now, sometimes that doesn't work out, and PopCap just gets drowned in EA, and then we lose that voice. But – Sometimes the reason that the larger company buys the smaller company is because they want what the smaller company has, and they invest in it, and they make it bigger, and they make it better. Now, I know that Nate and I disagree on the subject of sequels, but sequels exist for a reason, and it's because people like the first one, and this is a business about making money, and I understand that, and I appreciate that. I like money too, but you can make money with better stories. All right, thank, thank you, Marie. Um, Aaliyah, 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 I wanted to get to you. Um, so, you know, you have a, you have your kind of your sad story. <laughs> it made us all feel bad. Um, so, is there any hope that you'll get back into the game industry? Do you think that maybe, you know, the fact that people are looking at this is gonna, is gonna change things where you can, you can, we, we can, you can start playing again? They have to fix the problem with the. They're killing female characters, the main ones, the big ones. They need to fix the way they tell stories, and they need to just be innovative overall with gameplay. I don't want to be led down a pipe. I don't want to be treated like a five-year-old child who's an idiot. 
I want to see something new and something that will challenge me, something that will be fun and isn't just run of the mill. I've seen this before. I can memorize this in two seconds and have it be. Gotcha. No, I understand. Well said. Uh, what about what about you, Neil? I I want to change. I really do, but it, it's going to take a long time. It's not going to happen in a couple months. It may not even happen for a couple years. But like Nate said, it, it's just more people have to get involved, and not just not just females. Uh, I mean, like. Like what all of us men on here have said, we don't like it either. We're tired of the crap storylines, the uh, overuse of fan service with games like Lollipop Chainsaw. Just <laughs> it, it'd be nice if they could actually sit down and not just throw a random story together. If they actually sat down, got a group of writers together, and said, "All right, guys, you know what? Let's let, let's make this good. Let's let's not make yeah. this as." Let's make them work for it to get this game, not have them beat it two days and buying something else. Yeah, well, I mean, some some games are like that. I mean, I mean, but they're rare. Like, I think that's probably why I fell in love with Heavy Rain was because just it was just a story. I mean, yeah, the the gameplay. I'll I'll give I'll give credit to Todd. And the gameplay was kind of you know push left, push right, sort of a Dragon's Lair type of thing. But the story was so epic and so amazing. You just I just I just fell in love with it. But you know, there's there's not that many like that. William, what's your, what's your take on the whole thing? And then we'll give Shella the last word. Well, the way I see it is. The changes that have been made are the problem. You know, if you look at the older generations of gaming, there were a lot of unique games out there. But then we got into this era, and, you know, it became more and more of a business model of make big money. So this is what we did to make big money, was we made these, you know, generic, lead-down-the-pipe games. And we're trying to reach out more to, as most as most companies will tell you, the casual gamers. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with casual gaming, but they're trying to take hardcore gaming and make it casual. And it's not really going to be anything that satisf- satisfies all of us who have been in the gaming industry for, you know, 40 years for some of you, I'm sure. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, you know, a lot of us grew up with games. I mean, these th- that's not challenging to us. That's not what we want to see. Hmm, that's interesting. So it's kind of almost it's time for the game industry to grow up alongside of the gamers who are doing the exactly. playing. Shella, what do you think? What are, what, where are we? Where are we at with this? I mean, you you've been monitoring this, and and I mean, is this is this is this actually are we at a turning point, or or do you think that this wasn't enough? That the, the straw has not yet broke the camel's back, or or where, what's going to happen moving forward next six months, next six years? <laughs> Um, well, I suppose things have changed uh, because when I was a a female uh, games journalist, I was I was like a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We were pretty rare creatures. Well, well, we called you the the gamer girl or something because it was like, look, guys, there's a girl who plays yeah, games. It was, it was such a novelty that you know, it was like it was it was like the day the BBC had a female newscaster. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. um, so things have changed because there's a lot more women writing about games, um, but as Billy said, we're about forty years old. I think we were forty years old last week. Um, the movie industry is a lot older than that, and they haven't come very far. In fact, you know, we're 
actually getting all our bad habits from them, pretty much. Um, so in some ways, it's a bit of a, a grim picture because that means what maybe 60 years from now will still be churning out Hollywood schlockbusters. Um, but I do have two positive things to say. Um, Anita Sarkeesian, the, the woman who um, got so bullied and harassed online for uh, her Kickstarter project, actually, um, uh, with Kickstarter, you have to reach your target um, funding target. Otherwise, your project doesn't go ahead. You know, none of the, f- the money you got, it all goes back to the um, people who donated. And she actually got one hundred and fifty thousand dollars over her target. So for every one idiot, misogynist, racist, the games industry has maybe 10 <laughs> or 20 or 50, um, you know, as as Marie said, enlightened, you know, the men that we know, <laughs> you know, not the Neanderthals. And then um, another nice story is today I was running with um, a woman from my writing group and her daughter started college um, this week and she's um, doing game design and um, my friend was saying oh I, I don't I really don't know if this is the right course for her because she doesn't actually play video games very much and I've talked to her about it and she said well there's there's no games that I want to play I like playing games but there are no games that I want to play and so I thought this was a really positive thing that in spite of the fact that there aren't games that appeal to her, you know, our industry appeal, appears as, you know, really cool. It's young. It's vibrant. You know, it's kind of you get to play games. It's, you know, so we do attract people, even people who don't play games and can't see anything out there for for them like this this teenage girl, she's like 17, 18, but, you know, there's people like that coming into our industry that will hopefully be able to take us on another path because she hasn't played all these crap games that we're moaning about and she's got, she's (laughs) going to make games that she wants to play and they're going to be different games because she hasn't played, they're not out there for her now, so she's got to create them herself. Um, That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so maybe there is hope. (laughs) Maybe. Wow. Well, I think this is the first show in a long time that we've ended in not one, but two positive notes. <laughs> <laughs> and we even had Nate come on. It was, it was great. So I wanted to thank all my guests. Thank I you can so still much. chime in. Real... <laughs> no, no, it's too late. I mean, you're cut off. <laughs> We're ending on a happy note. Um, so, uh, guys, let us, our listeners out there, let us know what you think. Our email address is ginloungeatgameindustry.com. You can also find us at Facebook, which is just made for commenting, and that's facebook.com slash gameindustry. We are also on Twitter. Uh, we are, uh, are Gin Lounge. So follow us there and let us, let us know what you think. Uh, does the, does the industry have hope? I think it does, and, uh, I think a lot of you, uh, do as well. So, all right. Well, thanks. Uh, join us next week right here at gameindustry.com's The Gin Lounge. And thank you to my, my panel today and especially to Aaliyah. Thank you so much for coming today. We really appreciate having our uh, cartoonist here and I hope that uh, maybe just maybe we can convince you to come out again sometime what do you, what do you think maybe give me something to rant about and we'll see <laughs> 
Okay. All right. Shella, it's your, your job. Dig up some controversy <laughs> for Aaliyah to rant okay. about, and we'll have her back again. All right. Take care, everyone. We'll see you right here next time at the Gin Lounge. Thank you.